Syria are fans everywhere. From our nation's capital, this is Cool of America. Hey guys, this is Marco with Curva America, the podcast discussing all things Serie A from an American perspective. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, at Curva America, that's all one word. Today we're honored to have Matt Arrington of Arrington Training and Development, or ATD, on the pod. Matt's a great guy and a personal friend. He's a huge Serie A fan who grew up playing in the D.C. metro area and then went on to play for two years at George Mason University in Virginia. After that, he took the plunge, trying his luck in various tiers of Italian calcio and eventually ending up in the fifth tier or Eccellenza with Cecchina Calcio, a team on the periphery of Rome. After two and a half years and multiple trials with Serie B, C and D teams, Matt came back and a number of injuries halted his professional playing career, at which point he decided to start his own soccer academy, Arrington Training Development, which trains kids from ages 4 to 23 in the D.C. metro area. Matt, thanks for coming, man. I know you have a busy schedule on the weekends. Uh, had a couple games this morning, but really appreciate it. Hey, man. Uh, happy to be here. Thanks for having me. I know we've been trying to get this together for a while. So so how did you do this morning, by the way? Uh, we did well. We always kind of look at things uh, in perspective, especially with the younger teams. We're not looking at wins and losses. We're looking at, you know, are they hitting certain marks? Are their skills getting better? Are they reading the game better? Um, just looking at them from really a developmental perspective. So with that being said, good, good. The morning was good. That's good to hear, man. I mean, I know these some of these kids can be tough sometimes. And then, you know, when you get a couple losses, I remember when I was young, I used to cry after every game, and I couldn't imagine being my coach at that point. <laughs> so I don't know if you have a couple of those kids. I, Those kids always exist. Um, I remember with the first team I ever really started coaching seriously. I guess they were U12 at that point. And we had one kid who would come after every game, and this team lost every game. Um, he would come off after every game crying. And finally, like after a couple of games, I said, you know what? And I said this to the whole team. I said, the crying is done. We're done with the crying. <laughs> okay? If anybody else cries, you know, you're not playing next week. I said, it's not that big of a deal. You know, it's going to be okay. You shouldn't be crying after the games. Damn. And uh, after that point in time... No one cried, but you'd see a lot of kids biting their lips, you know, holding it in after a game. But just I mean, tearing. just tearing up. But you got to teach these guys, you know, it's 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 not life and death, especially this age. You're you're trying to just get better. You, know, you don't need to be worrying about wins and losses just yet. So. I'm telling you, man, if I, if some coach put that rule in place, I may have not been able to play <laughs> as long as I would play. I may have started ballet or something. I don't know. I may have to rethink it then. We'll see. Awesome, man. Well, thanks again. And uh, today. We want to get Matt's take on life as a professional soccer player in, in Italy. And we want to know how that experience has translated to his company's success and more importantly, his training and coaching style. We also want to talk about what it's going to take for soccer in America to get to the next level and start to compete with the European leagues. And finally, we want to get a perspective on the state of Serie A and maybe get some predictions at the end of the pod. So here we go. Let's start talking about 
your career and basically you know I've, I was fortunate enough to play uh, Penn State pretty high level collegiate soccer uh, I saw a bunch of my friends go pro um, but they basically stayed uh, within the realms of US soccer you know some went to the lower divisions of US, USL um, some got through the super draft into some of the MLS teams and they've really just kind of stayed uh, in this area I guess some kids before my years uh, went abroad uh, but I guess the question is, you got your shot in Italy after playing a couple years in college. Uh, what's the process like for getting that shot uh, in Italy or any other country in Europe? In, in all honesty, the I had a lot of people telling me, you know, after high school, you know, that they could help me out, that they could help me find an avenue to go overseas and play. Um, I had made it very clear that I didn't really want to go to college, that I just wanted to play. Um, with that being said, I found the only way that it actually materialized was that, you know, I started doing the work myself per se. I stopped relying on other people to do it for me. And I think that's the biggest, that's the biggest piece of advice I can give anybody who's looking to go overseas is that you need to make the contacts. You need to ask around, you need to be proactive in it and not just, kind of wait around or expect it to happen or expect someone to do it for you. Um, in terms of me going overseas and getting that opportunity, college had nothing to do with it, you know, to, to be blunt. Um, it happened basically, I started kind of announcing that like, you know what, I want to go overseas, I want to give this a shot. Um, kind of wanted to move on from the college game. I wasn't really enjoying it. Um, and basically just started asking around and got a connection that, you know, uh, a friend of a friend knew someone over in Italy. Uh, that person in Italy knew a former player, um, and that former player knew an agent. So you're literally looking at a line of like four or five different people. Right. I mean, you can just go ahead and call that luck if you want. You're just being fortunate or timing. But like you said, you had obviously you got to be proactive. Yeah. And to a certain extent, you had to trust yourself in stepping out of the boundaries of the system yeah absolutely. And a lot of ki a lot of kids in the US um, you know from what I can tell from my experience they get caught in the system they think you know they get drawn into the idea of, of college free college if you can get mm -hmm. the scholarship which is obviously a great thing it yeah. sets you up for the future but in a way it does take your focus off the main goal right yeah. and your main goal was always to go pro Maybe the answer is you have to have it inside of yourself to know what you actually want to do at that point. And maybe that's where so many people fall off. I mean, so so many young players don't know what they want to do in the future. You know, they think that being a professional is cool. But, you know, now that you've been in the lower levels kind of uh, of Serie A, and I mean, you've, you've been all over. You've tried out for, you know, Serie B C D and you've and you've been to the fifth tier. You yeah. played kind of all over Italy. Yeah. Uh, you know how hard is it to actually get to the Serie A? Did you play with any guys that actually went on to do big things yes. in the Serie A? So I mean that that was one of the most interesting parts of it for me was my second year there when I was with Cecchina Calcio, which is just outside of Rome, the small town out there up on this you know big hill. Um, I would sit in the locker room and you know there were all these guys in there who had had these backgrounds that I didn't even know about um, in particular there was one guy I played with named Michele Pascucci 
who, you know, he, he was sitting there just, you know, talking trash with me. And little did I know that just the season before, you know, he was on the bench at Stamford Bridge with Everton. Wow. You know, I mean, guys like that. There's a, another guy in the roster who was the season before was at Birmingham City. Another guy was at Kievo. Uh, multiple guys who had come through the Roman Lazio youth systems, um, stuff like that. So, I mean, there were guys who had been to the top and just like in the snap of a finger, you know, came down and were, were trying to find their way back up um, for whatever reason. That's um, wild, man. Yeah, it was, it was really something. So, I mean, it just went to, to, to show me just how slim the difference in level is. I mean, these guys just the season before were playing at the pinnacle of, you know, world soccer, and now here they are in the fifth division, just like that. So, so it maybe you know, it just seems like it's such a mentality-driven, you know, pursuit, uh, you know, for the glory. It's it's the guy who can who can get through all the mental ups and downs, and maybe even the injuries, get lucky, right place, right time, um, because. Anywhere between the lower divisions to the top, you have people working their their asses off yeah. every day trying to get that same goal. Yeah, I mean, I was you know, I was just having this conversation with a kid yesterday, um, who who wants to go play overseas, and I told him I was like, listen, when you're trying to play somewhere in Europe, you're not just competing then with per se oh Italians right. or kids in the Italian academies. You're competing with every kid in the world because every kid in the world wants to go play in Italy or Spain or France or you name it, you yeah. know. So, and it's, many times kids that yeah. have less than you, right? Oh, absolutely, up, absolutely. That makes a difference. I mean, how many times did guys say to me, even within that locker room, say, "What are you doing here? You're from America. Why would you leave America for Italy?" And I would tell them, oh, you know, because I want to play. I want to give it a shot. I want to see if I can do it. And they would just look at me like I was crazy. Yeah. So. Well, that's wild, man. Yeah. Well, you know, just, just out of curiosity, when, when did you learn? When you were speaking with these people, what, were you speaking English? When did you learn oh. how to speak Italian? I know, you, I know you speak well now. There's nobody who spoke English. My, my first year there... The first team I was with was San Paolo Ostiense, which is just this this small local team um, in the Ostiense, uh, what do you say, region or part of Rome, you uh -huh. know, in downtown Rome. And not a single player or coach on the team spoke English. <laughs> there was one kid who, who like studied it intently uh -huh. and he really wanted to learn more. So he would try to speak to me, um, but the kid couldn't, I mean. He couldn't speak English. He spoke English about as well as I spoke Italian at that point. Um, but I'll never forget. It was it was the week before I left to come home for Christmas for a few days where I started understanding what people were talking about. How much of a difference does that make? It's unbelievable. I mean, I, I couldn't communicate back to them how I wanted. My, my, my linguistic skills still weren't there yet, but... I started picking up on things. I'll never get the moment. It just clicked. I was like, this is nuts. I'm understanding wow. what they're talking about. Um, now you know what they were talking about. That, what they all were that saying trash. That time, yeah, all right? that trash they were talking to me the whole American time. American boy. Exactly. Who is this kid? But, <laughs> you know, even the coach. Like, the coach didn't speak in English. He was this, you know, he was this old guy. Um, 
his name was uh, Mr. Chelly. And I love that. So just just so for all you podcast listeners uh, in Italy, when you play on a team, the the head coach he's not you know you know he's not coach. He's not coach. Hey coach. Hey yeah. coach. It's yeah. a, a Mister. Mister. So yeah, he he would speak very simply to me. You know, he would put things very ele- He would use very elementary Italian with me. Get the ball, run. Shoot, you know, I mean, he couldn't give me much more than that. Everything we did in training, he would have to show me, you know. Um, but whether whether it was because of a language barrier or not, he kind of just let me play and yeah. let me do my thing. So we had a great relationship. I, don't, I had a lot of car rides with him where we had nothing to talk about. <laughs> just <laughs> but staring outside. Just staring it's outside. Pretty, and his pretty views. Yeah, I would try to practice one or two things and he would start speaking and then he would realize I had no idea what he was saying and that was pretty much that as things yeah. go in the in yeah. the lower tiers well yeah. but let me say that that team treated me like family man that team treated me like family and I've never really had an experience like that with any other team with uh, that I've ever been with whether it's here in the states or or anywhere else um they took me in like one of their own man so that that was language aside absolutely incredible experience that's awesome yeah. So, you know, I guess after your, your passport expired a little bit and you had <laughs> to come back, well, you had some, some injury issues and, and kind of, you know, started to phase out of, uh, you know, the professional playing career. Uh, you went off, started this soccer academy, Arrington Training Development, mm-hmm. and it's it's really taken off. I know that you guys have, how many coaches now? Like So we've got nine on staff now and we're working with, it's like 18 teams now. That's crazy. Can't even keep them all straight. In and my you head. guys started what, like about two, four years ago? Four three years, years ago, yeah, three or four years ago, something like that. That's really impressive. And uh, I mean, I know my brother. My brother works with you. I mm-hmm. know a bunch of the, our friends also work with you. All great coaches. Yeah, man. Um, you know, you guys. I guess you you took your passion and uh, and your entrepreneurship and your drive and and you and you push it towards you know creating your own company. Yeah, I just couldn't imagine doing anything else I had to be I had to find some way to stay around the game in some capacity so Super I didn't cool. really want to go working on in an office you know from nine to five so yeah who does that man <laughs> god so uh, me and Matt also play on a men's league uh team together so we're both weekend warriors in our own yes, respect yes and, living the uh, dream I will say our men's league team is is looking pretty nice this it's, season it's looking good man it feels it feels good to be together again that's right you know so, anyways, so you know, kind of coming off the uh, coattails of that of that professional playing experience that you had, how would you say that that experience, uh, your own soccer experience coming through the American, you know, system through the clubs and high schools and college, well, how did that translate to you know your coaching style and and kind of how you run your your training academy? Well, I think the big thing that I tell people often and and we've talked about this before was or is that I feel that I learned more about the game you know as a whole in terms of tactics in terms terms of understanding individual roles on the field in terms of understanding little details you know little nuances of the games you know how to gain advantages you know how to how to take advantage of certain situations I learned more about all that stuff in my time in Italy, just those two and a half years, than I ever learned here in the States. Um, 
and I learned a lot of stuff here, but it was really more focused on work ethic, you know, being, you know, a, a physical beast as That's much as, you know, do, be strong, be they turn fast, into like a, win tackles, you know? They turn you into like a prototypical athlete, right? Yeah. And they get you fast, strong, quick. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was fortunate to have have a coach from from Cameroon, this guy Emil Mbu, who who played at the highest level. He he played pro for ten years. He was the captain of uh, the Cameroon national team. Actually, he was the captain of that Cameroon team in in 1990 in Italia, where you know that's the best African team that's ever existed in World Club history. You it's know, incredible. to this day. And and he came in. He started coaching me at about 15, and and I'm honest, I couldn't juggle ten times. 15 years old, 15, I couldn't, you I couldn't, couldn't juggle, juggle 10 times. That sounds like the classic American. There was kids on my college team who couldn't juggle, couldn't juggle more than times. 20 times. And I was looking at it, I was scratching my head. It's crazy. But it's because no one ever told me, like, oh, you need to juggle. It's important. Why? Uh, so you can develop a first touch, you know? So you can control the ball how you want. No one ever told me that. But he told me that. So the, the time that I had with Emil really developed not really my understanding of the game so much. But building me, building building my technical ability, fundamentals, fundamentals, man. And the issue that I see more and more, and the issue that we see with all of our players at a young age, and unfortunately with some of the older ones, is just that the, the technique has not been developed properly. Um, and that's the biggest thing at a young age. Here they you don't go. they don't need to be fast or strong. They need to be good with the ball. Yeah, you everything got all these else kids. comes from there. You got all these kids. I remember when I I, I would go to uh, you know Italy to see my cousin. We play some pickup, mm-hmm. and they'd look at me and they'd be like, "What are they feeding you over there?" <laughs> exactly. Because I'll tell you what they're feeding me. They're yeah. feeding me like you know hills. Exactly. They're feeding me the bench press. Yeah. And I mean, in high school, I don't even think. Yeah. Like you look at like Neymar. Neymar is like a twig. He's stick thin. And you're like, what? What? You know, why am I? Why am I wasting time? Look at Calihone. Look at Calihone in the Napoli game this morning. I mean, they couldn't find a shirt small enough for him. You know, I mean, like that that Kappa <laughs> jersey. Napoli shirts are tight. I mean, yeah, exactly. Like they show you what your frame is. And that, I was looking at that guy, and I'm going, man, he wouldn't last a day in the MLS. No way. He just wouldn't. Nope. You know, uh, just from a physical perspective. But you know, that's that's an issue. And whether or not we want to talk about that, I don't know. But that's an issue because those players fall through the cracks here. Definitely. So, so you know, again, having all this experience uh, and going overseas, you have your own training company. Yeah. You're training these kids. Yeah. Where do you see soccer in America in 10 years? Are, are you seeing that, you know, academies are making the right moves? Uh, is the college system the right way for players to develop and move forward? Where do you see American soccer in 10 years? Uh, and what kind of tweaks are you seeing in these youth systems um, that are being made in order to compete with the other leagues? Well, I think I think it's 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 going to be just that. It's going to be small tweaks. Um, there's not. I don't see there being wholesale changes. I mean, there's a talk, big talk going around right now in college soccer about making it a you know a six month season. You know, and and taking it away from this fall sport. Let's fit two or three games into each week type season, which is just, I mean, it's just deadly. It's I mean, deadly. kids fall left and right from injuries because of, of overuse. And, I mean, it's such a demanding game. I mean, you don't see college football teams playing multiple games in a week. 
because it's physically demanding. They need time to recover. You know, I mean, there are other financial commercial reasons behind that, sure. But from a physical perspective, I think they need to make that change in college. I think that's one important thing. From a much bigger picture, um, which they're trying to do nowadays, is they're tweaking the coaching education system in the U.S. Um, U.S. soccer is getting more serious about educating coaches earlier on and and kind of focusing on different things that they've taken from you know the European licenses and other countries and their and their coaching education programs focusing on technique um, you know thinking about those aspects of the game at a young age um, versus you know kind of our American mentality for better or for worse of we gotta win we gotta win we gotta win right no we need to develop good players and that's what you were saying earlier you know it's not about winning it's about developing the players you know personally again having had a certain amount of experience playing myself um, you know winning is huge especially if you play at like one of these uh, higher level club teams yeah, travel sure. club teams right because those are businesses for sure and those businesses measure their their gains based on how many teams they have winning state, you know, the state champion, whatever it is, For region sure. one. I don't know what it is now mm-hmm. um, because I know they've, you know, they've kind of broken all this stuff six up. Six different leagues. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I think that that perspective, it's something that you hear as a cliche when you're younger, right? Yeah. Winning doesn't matter. It did. It does matter yeah. you know you find out quickly that it does matter when you start putting business uh, yeah. into the equation yeah. but you know i think if the if the thing comes from the top you know maybe the us soccer federation says look you know all our coaches need to be licensed in a sp- specific way mm-hmm. you know uh, i don't know if they do something with the academies yeah. the way they're set up and maybe work in the professional team youth systems yeah. uh, you know again maybe work some way to incentivize kids at a young age to basically start, you know, preparing themselves mentally to train and be like professionals. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, w- word on the street now is that in the next in the next two years, they kind of want to again tweak this academy program that they have now, this academy league, and they want to separate the MLS teams. They don't want it to be the MLS teams plus, I think it's 50 select clubs in the United States that are all in this academy structure. They want to separate the MLS from all of it and make it really just their own entity. And then they also want to basically create a mandate that every coach at the academy level within these MLS clubs has to have their A license now, which is is no easy feat. Wow. So... They're trying to set a new standard. They're trying to improve what they're doing. Um, again, there's there are always going to be people on both sides of the argument telling you it's a great idea, it's a terrible idea. Um, who really knows until it actually happens and we see it at work, you know? Definitely. But Klinsman is the big guy leading this charge. I mean, he's he's very much trying to mirror, you know, European development you know soccer development uh curriculums and and basically the programs they're running and they're, he's trying to implement it here yeah even so though you you see a lot of the players on the national team the the ones coming up you know yeah. I, i'm just thinking about joe johansson i mean he's he's or johnson fabian johnson yeah. he's 
I mean, he's been in Europe now for a while. Yep. Um, you got Pulisic, obviously. Mm-hmm. He's in Dortmund. He's one of the up-and-coming stars. Um, Joe Jow is over there. Joe Jow is over there. With, 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 uh, John Brooks, right? John Brooks, he's, yeah. he's really good. But these guys are all overseas. Yeah. And so do you think that right now for the national team to be competitive, they need to grab, send players overseas young? Or is there a way right now to kind of you know foster that talent at home? Well, he, the way I kind of look at it is... If you want to be a professional basketball player, I mean, where do you come to play basketball? You come to the U.S. because yeah. it's the best league in the world. You come to college, and college has a great way of grooming basketball players so they can play in the NBA, right? It's kind of their minor league um, or their academy, if you want to look at it that way. Uh, if you want to play hockey, you come to the States. I mean, it's just the way it works. So if we want our best soccer players to be groomed to play at the highest level and we want to have a good national team why wouldn't we send them to the top european teams or that you know the teams that would accept those kids because they're they're not waiting in line for our players let's be clear right um but if they have the opportunity why wouldn't we let them go but that's ultimately going to be good for our national team which is ultimately going to be good for u.s soccer i mean is it not do you think that that maybe the the national team is can be used as a catalyst to grow awareness for the sport and maybe that's how it gets better because you mentioned all those those examples of players coming from Europe to the US now i will say you know basketball in Europe is growing it's growing and a it's lot. getting yeah. better right yeah, and is. maybe that was the catalyst you yeah. know they got players that went to the US and then their national team started getting kind of good, you know, being competitive yeah. in the in the world competitions, and that kind of was the catalyst for the growth in in their actual in their actual leagues. So, do you are you of the mindset that the U.S. national team has to be the catalyst for for growth? Because my other question, and playing devil's advocate, is yeah. if you send kids overseas and you're sending our best overseas, mm-hmm. you're hurting the system in the US is it better to hold them back or is it better again to have them send out and then potentially come back again you know Michael Bradley's coming back from yeah. Europe you have like Josie Altidore came back from Europe um, maybe this maybe this is the way to do it just slowly but surely having players coming back from Europe to build the strength on US soil yeah I mean once again if if the US or the MLS per se Let's say we just talk about the MLS and the MLS academies. If there was more evidence that an MLS first team was was pulling kids from their academy, from their reserves, and slotting them in here and there under the first team, giving them training time, um, you know, giving them a few minutes here and there in games, um, and they were working them into the system from a young age instead of what we see so often now, which is, oh, you know, you're in the, you know, Philadelphia Union, you know, academy per se. Oh, you're a senior in high school. You just graduated. Uh, go to college. And then when you finish college, you know, if you're still good, um, we'll sign you to a homegrown contract when we draft you. Or we won't draft you. We'll sign you to a homegrown contract. You've just given away four unbelievably valuable years to 
coach X. You know, you don't know who he is. You don't know what he's doing at, at that college. Whereas you could be taking that kid who's 17, 18 years old in your academy and saying, you know what? Let's keep you in our system because we see a lot of potential. Let's work you into the first teams slowly. Maybe loan you out. Um, if you want a college education, let's put you into a local community college. I mean, something. But you've got to retain those kids and keep them on a consistent path, which we're not doing. Yeah. And and I think that's causing a lot of issues. So that's why my argument is, if you see a young kid with that kind of potential, who who can make it to the top, he very well may be better off going overseas to Europe and playing because. He's going to have a continuous line if he's within that club of developing and getting better. They're not going to say, oh, we'll go away for a couple of years and then come back. Right. Or we'll see in the summertime for a little bit. Or No, he's going to be at that club. He's going to be in training. He's going to be getting his chances. That's the way I see it. I mean, I think if we want to keep developing our men's national team until the MLS can, can figure out a better way to get young players involved... I think that's still the route to go, at least for elite players. Cool. Very cool. Really interesting perspective from a guy who's who's really been through it uh, and been through a lot. Uh, just just going overseas and and uh, committing to the ultimate goal um, and just having a, a, a just larger perspective on youth development uh, and then you know the professional overseas experience as well uh, but now we want to just circle this back to Serie A because again I mentioned that Matt is a massive Serie A fan uh, just like we are yes and we want to know from his perspective what the state of Serie A is these days um, you know more more importantly you know is Juventus gonna win their sixth in a row or is Roma gonna be able to or Napoli I guess to that extent uh, gonna be able to maybe grab one from them I can only hope so because it's what four five points five. now I mean there's no way in hell that Juve is gonna win out the rest of the season like last year right are you asking me I'm asking you there's no way <laughs> that sounded like hypothetical so, wait, I don't I'm know. asking you because I need Reassurance that that's not going to happen again. They got the team, but I don't. Jeez, you know, honestly, God, um, Juve has has that. You know, I mean, they they have that special ingredient, whatever the hell it is. It was like what United had when Ferguson was there. Yeah. No matter what, it's like they're in it. They're in it somehow. No matter what. It, so, for me, um, you know, I thought I thought last year. I thought last season was it. I mean, when when Roma beat Juve at home, it was like, this is it, guys. <laughs> like, we're good. And then Juve won, she, what, 20-something straight? Yeah. I mean, that's absurd. It doesn't help that this year Ugh. they got uh, Fatboy G or, or Iguain. We call him, <laughs> him Fatboy G because he uh, was called Icatone while he was in uh, Napoli, basically saying that he was a, a little gordito. Yeah. Um, but, you know, as much as people are, are commenting on his physical appearance, he just keeps slamming in the goals, hey, at man. least for the Serie A, uh, for the Juventus team. The food is good in Italy. <laughs> the food is good, so I don't I don't blame the guy. Plus, he doesn't need to run much, right? He's got a lot of guys around him who are going to run all day. You're right he about that. He just needs to wait. 
So do you see any uh, surprise teams this year? Do you think that somebody's going to kind of fly under the radar? Maybe maybe not win the league, but yeah. just get into Champions League? Um, I'd say, I mean, I would say Sassuolo is not a surprise anymore, right? I yeah. mean, they were exceptional last year. They surprised everybody. And now they're playing, what, they're in the Europa League now. Yeah. You know, I mean, and they're doing well. They're winning games. Um, maybe Torino, just because, not because Joe Hart's in goal, as... As interesting as that is, oh um, man, that would that would really. By the way, that'd huge, be a dagger huge, to our huge, to our boy Chris. Huge props to him for 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 going to Torino. By the way, Joe Hart. That is I huge. think that's awesome. I think that that says a lot about him. Where he's like, you know what? I'm gonna put myself out there. I'm gonna do something a little bit different because because he's he may not have the chance to ever do that again. And he's learning yeah. Italian quickly. Yeah, man. You know, following that Arrington model. Yeah, yeah. Just just struggle until you start to understand, <laughs> and then, you know. But I think Mihailovic, I think Sinisa Mihailovic is a is a fantastic coach. I think he he was a kind of caught with the short end of the stick being at AC Milan just because Montella became available. Right. I mean, Montella's the man. Everybody wants that kind I of see their head we're, coach. We're sitting in Arrington's uh, office right now. Yeah, I'm biased. We, we see a picture of him with Montella, along with a picture of him and Totti, and I love the hair, man. Yeah. You had that nice wig yeah, back, man. back then. You know, just like Samson, I lost it all once I cut it. <laughs> I just lost it all. And I will say that Matt's also showed me some former pictures when he was a player. He had the earrings in. He had the the shaved eyebrow, oh, man. The whole bit. I'm surprised you didn't have a sleeve. <sighs> you know, I was probably... If I had stayed there another few months, that would have been the next step, probably. <laughs> just, 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 you know, the trying even mullet, harder to fit mullet. in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you to start shaving your legs. Absolutely, man. Very Jeez. cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so what, times, man. what an awesome chance that you had out there, man, and... You know, like I know, I was always dreaming of it. It's just, it just goes to show, you know, what, what, what it takes to get out there, and you really put yourself out. Speaking of Joe Hart, yeah, um, I mean, and and you know, just just to build off that, I mean, that's um, that's that's so much of like what I talk to to guys about now who want to go overseas, and like you and I were kind of chatting about before was, you know, it's 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 so much more about the experience that you have over there. I mean, I could sit here and be bitter that. You know, I didn't get picked up by this team or that team, or I didn't get another shot, or I didn't stay there longer, or didn't get my papers, you know, all this kind of stuff. But I look back on the experience that I had, and it was unbelievable. I mean, I wouldn't change, I wouldn't trade that for anything. The yeah. people I met, you know, the little bit of Italian I learned, I mean, Rome is like a second home to me now. I mean, I miss that place every day. Um, so that's that that you can't that you can't put any price on that anywhere. So yeah, man. I mean, special experience, really. That's awesome. And uh, I just have to say again, we we want to thank you uh, for being on the pod because this is truly a you know one in a million or or maybe even less um, type of experience that that we get to kind of break down from its origins how did you get there what it took to get there once you were there you know scrumming and then kind of coming full circle starting your own company you know building your experiences into your coaching and how you run your business it's just such a great thing to see and and it's an awesome perspective uh to basically get from you 
Um, you know, we talk about Serie A soccer every every single day, uh, but this pod also likes to talk about current event issues and the state of soccer. Um, and you know, I think we can all agree that soccer is growing in America. People like you are moving the sport in the right direction, and uh, it's just exciting to see where where the sport's going to go. Yeah, uh, me too, man. I mean, I uh, I think there there are a lot there's so many more guys out there now than there were even 10 you know 10 or even five years ago who are taking that chance to go overseas and who are you know putting themselves out there um and i think that we're going to see a big change in american soccer hopefully in the next you know 10 or 15 years with those guys hopefully coming back and sharing their knowledge i mean they may not be big time pros they may not have played Serie A or in the epl um but the fact is that they, they've had a different experience that they can share with us and a different education. So I hope I hope they, they pay it forward, you know. I hope they give it back to the young players here and get into coaching and hopefully lead us in the right direction. Because I hear way too many kids talking about the EPL these days. I'm sick of the EPL, man. <laughs> I'm sick of the EPL. Serie A doesn't get any credit, man. They all go, oh, it's so boring. It's Amen tactics. To that. It's tactics. Amen to that. And on that note... I just want to say, guys, uh, if there's any p- podcast listeners out there that have, uh, you know, young children that are trying to learn the sport the right way, uh, ATD no. Soccer Academy is the way to go. The shameless plug. That's right, the shameless plug. Take it. And now I get to plug for Curva America as yeah. well. Remember, remember, guys, this is the podcast uh, from American natives speaking uh, about the Serie A from our perspective. Uh, you can follow us again on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Curva America. That's all one word. So as usual for our sign out, we say ciao. Ciao.